So my name's Josh. Uh, I have several loves in my life. Uh, in no particular great order, I love Jesus. I love the church. Uh, I love my fiance Laura, who was smashing it on keys earlier. Um, I love Portsmouth Football Club. I'm the only one who loves Portsmouth Football Club. Uh, I love Arctic Monkeys. I love students. Um, and I love Alpha. If you have never heard of Alpha before, Alpha is a course where we talk about the Christian faith. We ask the big questions of life. It's aimed primarily for those who have never, ever explored the Christian faith, but also it's incredibly beneficial for some of us who maybe have been a part of the Christian faith for a long time. We, as Dave was saying in our sermon series, um, we're, we're using Alpha as the kind of topic headings. We're using the week-to-week topic headings of Alpha for our sermon series. And, and the reason that we're doing that is for two reasons. We want you first uh, to be equipped and encouraged by it. We want you to take something from it. Our hope is that you are learning something from it, that it's changing your life and you're weak in some way. Uh, and, and, and even maybe you might be equipped to answer questions when you're out in the workplace, out in university, out doing whatever it is you do. You might have answers to questions when they come up in life. But secondly, we're showing you Alpha because we really want you to invite people to Alpha. Uh, We're a church that runs Alpha regularly, uh, namely in the autumn and in the spring every year, and uh, we run it in many different ways, and we really want you to invite people to Alpha. The reason is Alpha only works if you bring your friends. That's the only way it works. Uh, It's a great film series, and we're showing you some of it because it's hard to invite somebody to something that you haven't seen. So now you get to see how good it is, and you think, okay, yeah, I can trust this. I can bring my friends. So we want you to invite people to Alpha. That is why we're using Alpha. I'm Josh. I work here at the church. I work with students, if that wasn't obvious. Uh, And I also work for Alpha, if that wasn't obvious either. Um, And I I, I oversee the work in prisons. Do me a favour... Turn to somebody that either you haven't come with or you don't know or don't know particularly well and you might have to move for this. So if you have to get up and move, there's a special place in my heart for the first person who gets up and moves for this. Um, You might have to get up and move, but turn to somebody that you don't know that well, that you haven't spoken to yet and ask them two questions. Ask them, firstly, does God heal today? So even if you're new to church, if you're brand new here, if you've never really done Christian stuff or whatever, you can engage with this. Feel free to play around with this. Does God heal today? And secondly, do you believe in miracles? I'm going to give you a couple of minutes. Go crazy. Brilliant. Brilliant. Hopefully you've made some new friends. Uh, Hopefully you've caught up with somebody that you maybe haven't caught up with in a while. Uh, Again, special thanks to those who moved seats. Amazing. Uh, Do catch up with those people more as the evening goes on. Uh, The way I like to do talk stuff, and it's especially fun to get to do it down on the floor with you, is uh, just to say right from the off, I've not got this cracked. Okay? I'm, I'm not the genius here, I'm not the head theologian, I've not got a doctorate in anything. Uh, so I can assure you I've not got this nailed, but we're going to play with this together. We're going to explore this journey together. And to give you a little bit of a heads up, um, it's all well and good talking about does God heal today. Um, and by the way, spoiler, I believe he does. So if you need to leave early, yes, the answer is yes. Um, 
I believe that God heals today, uh, but it's all good talking about it, um, but actually uh, we need to have a go at seeing it for ourselves. And so we're going to be praying for one another at the end of this talk, and we're going to be praying for God to be healing people. And I believe that there are people here that have come with sickness, illness, or ailment of a physical kind, and God is going to heal them here tonight. So that is where we're going but we've got a bit of a journey to go on first. Um, those questions were also asked to some strangers on the streets that Alpha filmed, and we're just going to watch their answers now, too. Hmm. It's quite new today. I wish. But I think God definitely gives you the power to heal yourself. I was told that I would never walk ever again, and um, God healed me. I don't know. I think it's possible. I honestly don't know. I don't know that, how that works. I don't know if that's a thing or not. Maybe. There's something that you just can't explain in science or in any other way, so. Miracles. No, I don't believe it. I believe in miracles, man. Miracles do happen for sure. I guess I do. I do believe in miracles. I don't know. I never seen it. Uh, do I believe it? I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> Brilliant. I think what I find so fascinating about that video is those are strangers. And, and you can tell that some of them maybe have some sort of faith. They're talking about that guy talks about God healed him. Um, but generally, these are people who maybe haven't really ever answered the question, does God exist? But the question, does God heal? that seems to be something that, that they might want to engage with. I believe that even in our world and in our culture, where maybe God and Christianity isn't at the top of every topic and every conversation, certainly the spirituality, spirituality maybe is. And the idea that, well, if there is a God, well, maybe he could heal. And if there is a God, maybe he can do miracles. And I guess the most exciting thing is, is I believe in a God that can heal and does do miracles and does transform lives, and is alive today. So that's what we're talking about. Why don't we quickly pray? Father God, thank you so much that you're alive. Thank you so much that you're doing things even now. Thank you so much that you're going to do even greater things. God, be with us. Reveal yourself to us. Speak through me. In your name we pray. Amen. So everyone's discovery and exposure to God doing his healing is different Maybe you've heard about it, maybe you've seen it, maybe you've experienced it, maybe all of this sounds completely off of your radar, scary, whack, weird, uh, you're slightly terrified considering when's the best moment to leave. Stay, please stay. I think even if you're completely new to church, this is an interesting topic to talk about um, because you're going to hear stories tonight. Personal stories, stories on the screen, and if you stay longer, you're going to see stories happen, are made tonight because I believe that God does heal. But it's a tricky thing, and we're going to explore it. So Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, right at the beginning of the Bible, we have a verse that says, I am the Lord who heals you. We're going to be darting around lots of different verses, but we're starting there. I am the Lord who heals you. Right, right off the bat, we've got a God who's declaring that he's a healer, and he heals his people. There are loads of places in the Bible where we hear about God's healing power. The very name of Jesus means saviour. 
Uh, the New Testament is written in a particular kind of uh, ancient Greek called Koine Greek. Uh, it's kind of slang Greek, the, the language of the common people. Uh, and the, the name Jesus means saviour, and the Greek for saviour is sozo, means he saves. But it also means he heals. He saves and he heals. Jesus saves and he heals. There's this interesting theme when you start to read the Bible that Jesus saves and he heals. Healing is at the top of God's agenda. He heals us emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. He heals us through relationship. God in himself is relationship. He's three in one. At the very beginning of creation, he created man, humanity, and he recognized that man is not, it's not good for man to be alone. And so he gave man Eve. God heals and is all about relationship. Uh, often in life, relationship and the breakdown of relationship can be the cause of serious emotional and mental hurt. It causes wounds. But it's also, I believe, a human relationship that can heal that stuff. If, you, if you're new to church or you're wondering about church or why on earth do we go to church at all, well, that's one of the primary reasons. We gather together because we're a family and a community and we want to heal one another. We want to grow with one another. And God heals through our relationships. He heals us emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. But I don't think it just stops there. I think and I truly believe that Jesus is up for physical healing too. He wants to heal physically too. He wants to heal diseases. He wants to heal ailments, broken bones, wounds. He wants to heal physically And he does. We see him do it all over the Gospels. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. If you want the trailer to Jesus' life, that's kind of it in a verse. He came to to point people to God and say, well, well, maybe the gods that you've you've created or pictured in your life are a little bit different. I want to point you to the one true God. So he taught in the synagogues. And then he went around proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, saying the kingdom is at hand. Things are being redeemed. Stories are being changed, rewritten. God is here and he wants to give you his love and his good gifts. And the third thing, he came and healed every disease and sickness among the people. The Gospels are riddled with Jesus healing people. And maybe you've heard some of them. And maybe you know loads of them. There's, there's Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. There's the moment where a, a, a man, a father, runs over to Jesus and says, you need to come quickly, you need to come quickly, my daughter's dying. And Jesus is just chilled, walking through the crowds, walking down the streets. He's like, okay, yeah, okay, we'll get there, we'll get there. And he's doing his thing. And the father's like, you've got to come now, you've got to come now. And in the rush and all of the commotion, the father gets word that his daughter's dead. And he says, Jesus, actually, do you know what? It's too late. She's gone. Don't worry about it. Jesus says, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. She's not dead. She's just sleeping. And I'm going to go wake her up. And he does. He goes to the house. He holds her hand and says, wake up. Or maybe you've heard the story of Jesus wandering through the crowds. Again, good things happen when Jesus wanders through his crowds. Um, just runs through a crowd, and there's a woman who can't stop bleeding. She's got some sort of clotting problem, blood disease, something wrong with her. And that tells us two things. One, she's got a serious, serious medical condition that needs healing. And two, she's been cast out of society. She's unclean. 
Nobody wants to know. And so she thinks, Jesus, he's too great. I can't speak to him. I can't approach him. But maybe if I just touch the hem of his robe, maybe, maybe I'll just get something of his power. Now, of course, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing powerful about Jesus' robe. We don't believe that. There's nothing supernaturally brilliant about his robe. But it was her faith. It was her faith that if she only just got close to the man called Jesus, maybe she could be healed. And right enough, she touches the hem, and Jesus feels this sense that something's happened, and he turns around, and she's healed in an instant. And he says, your faith has healed you. There is healing all over the Gospels. Jesus loves to heal. And as he's healing, he doesn't just heal people and then send them away. It's not just like a parlor trick, but it's a part of his core message. Time and time again, we see the message of Jesus as preach the kingdom, heal the sick. So as he's gathering his people and people are saying, okay, I'm going to give my life to you, Jesus. How should I live now? He says, preach the kingdom, heal the sick. You want to know what it's like to be a Christian? That's it. Preach the kingdom, heal the sick. It's such a high priority on Jesus' agenda. And it becomes, therefore, such a high priority on our agenda. We're invited into the story. It doesn't just end with Jesus healing. He now says, now go and heal the sick. And we see that again all over the Gospels. Luke chapter 9, verse 2, and and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Luke chapter 10, verse 9, heal the sick who are there and proclaim to them the kingdom of God has come near to you. Matthew chapter 10, verse 8, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely give. John chapter 14, verse 12, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. Particularly that verse blows my mind. Jesus is the head honcho, the big kahuna. He's the big guy. He's the guy that we worship and sing about. He's the guy that uh, that did all these amazing things that now we read about in the Bible. Jesus is the top dog. And we think, gosh, we will never live a life with so much power and incredible stuff like Jesus. And in many ways, we never will. But he, from his own mouth, said, you are invited to go do greater things than I ever, ever did. Gosh, isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? (laughs) There's there's this verse at the end of the Gospel of John that says, Jesus did and said so many incredible things that we couldn't possibly write them down. And if we did write them down, there aren't enough books or libraries to fill it, to contain it in the whole world. The stuff he did, it's it's so, so numerous it's beyond your imagination, beyond your wildest dreams. Jesus did so much, and Jesus says that you can do more and greater. I believe that when we ask ourselves the question, does God heal today, and do we believe in miracles, if we arrive at the answer that, yeah, I think God does heal today, and yeah, I think he does do miracles, then you have to accept the responsibility that you are being invited to be a part of that story that he wants to do incredible things through you today. When we pray later on, it's not going to be Josh praying from the front. It's going to be us praying together as a family because God invites us to co-labor with him. God is, Jesus is healing all the way through the Gospels, and it's amazing. But we want to know, does he do it today? A story of mine 
which reflects this really powerfully. Um, I was 20 years old, and I was in a severe car accident. I have... Um, there's the car. Um, I have no memory uh, of the time and, uh, and of the couple of days that followed after it. I have snippets. Um, what essentially happened from witness statements is I was travelling safely on the motorway, and for whatever reason, I went into the central reservation I ping-ponged across the carriageway, I flipped through the barrier, the car just got totally wrecked. I mean, it's unrecognisable. I severely damaged my head, I banged it really hard. Um, if you shaved all my hair off, um, I've got my stag coming up actually, so maybe they'll do it for you, and you can, you can see it then. Um, if you shave all my hair off, you'll see a big T-shaped scar on the top of my head. Uh, I lost quite a bit of blood. I uh, broke a rib. I broke my wrist. I damaged my knee. I bruised my lungs. But more significantly, um, when you're in a car accident at high speed, um, everything jolts around inside of you. Uh, and I tore a hole in my lower intestine. And they knew that because I was, I was in agony. I was clutching my stomach. And they took me for an MRI, and they, and, and, and they saw the hole. And so they think, we've got, to, uh, we've got to perform emergency surgery, we've got to go in, we've got to repair that hole, that's going to cause a lot of damage, that can, um, that can do a lot of damage. And at the time, my parents, they, they were up north in Inverness, that's the uh, M90 near Dunfermline, and they phoned my parents and said, you need to get down here quickly because we don't know how Josh is going to, we don't know what the night's going to be like for Josh, you need to get here as quick as you can. It was serious, it was really serious. Um, I also cut through my eye, uh, through my eyelid and my eye, um, and I couldn't see out of it. And, and I, I wasn't totally unconscious, but I couldn't make any new memories. Um, and I was constantly asking, who am I, where am I, what's going on? I mean, it was a disaster. Anyway, at some point during all of this chaos, I stopped clutching my stomach and I just chilled. I just chilled right out. And it wasn't because of any drugs or anything like that, because I'm allergic to penicillin, but they couldn't really get any kind of logical stuff out of me, so they didn't really want to pump me with drugs. But for whatever reason, I chilled out. So they took me for another scan. They thought, we don't want to go in for surgery if we don't have to go in, because it's incredibly dangerous. Anyway, one of the very few memories I have uh, is sitting... I think it's the next day after the accident, sitting in my hospital room with my dad there next to me. And the consultant came in and he was holding two scans. And he said, Mr. Gilbert, on this scan you'll see there's a hole in your intestine and in this scan you'll see there's nothing there. And we don't know how that happened and we're not quite sure what's going on, but you seem to have nothing wrong with the inside of you and we don't know what happened. Of course, my dad says, well, we believe in God, and we've been praying, and the moment that this happened, we texted everybody that we knew. And my dad said he even texted people he knew, didn't even go to church, and he just said, look, if you're ever going to pray, just pray one prayer and pray it now that Josh would be okay. And the consultant was dumbfounded. But Jesus is healing today. I'm a living testimony of that. But the tough thing, and maybe some of you have already thought of this, and, and, and maybe actually some of you have some really hard experience of this, is that when we talk about God healing today, it's all well and good, but not everyone gets healed, right? Sometimes we pray and we don't see healing. I have that amazing story, but I also have loads of stories of where I didn't really see anything happen. I recently ran the Edinburgh Marathon which is very impressive, I'll have you know. Um, 
my time wasn't very impressive, but that's not, that doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> and during my training, it, uh, I, I was never really a runner, um, and during my training and the long-distance training, it turns out I discovered that I'm, I'm, I'm flat-footed, and that kind of causes jit with your knees and stuff like that when you're doing long-distance. And it's just something you really don't want to be faffing around with. And I've got a friend in, in, here at church, and uh, several times we prayed together, God, heal the foot, get rid of the flat-footedness, we don't need it. Um, and, uh, I, and even today, I wear insoles. I've had insoles made for me, and they're brilliant, and uh, they make walking really comfortable and running really comfortable. But I'm still flat-footed. I've not been healed. I didn't receive healing, and not yet, at least. I haven't received healing for that thing. Sometimes God doesn't heal. And sometimes our stories of that are light-hearted, like flat-footed, but sometimes they're really painful. When I was 16, a really good friend of mine, uh, my age, uh, drowned in a river. And it was devastating. And I prayed, God, there was a period of time where he went into the river and he wasn't found. So maybe he was like down river or something. And uh, I remember just praying, God, just bring him back. God, bring him back. God, bring him back. You can do it. I know you can do it. You've done crazier things. You invite us to do even bigger things. God, bring him back. And he didn't bring him back. Not everyone gets healed. But I've heard it said like this. I heard it said from somebody who had a terminal illness. There is no other option here. This illness will defeat you. That's what they've been diagnosed with. And people have prayed and prayed and prayed for them over and over again. Be healed, be healed, be healed. And people ask them, well, how do you feel? You still haven't been healed. Like, how, does that, how does that change your faith? What do you feel about that? And they say, well, I see, it, I see it two ways. There's two wins here. One, either I get healed and God gets all the glory. Win. Or two, I don't get healed, and I get to be with God in glory. Win. And they said, I've received the greatest gift ever. Life eternal. I'm in with Jesus. If I get healed, that's just a bonus. I don't know why sometimes some people get healed, and it's an amazing story, and sometimes people don't. And I don't know why some people get healed like that, and some people it takes years and years and years. I don't know why, but it's not my job to know why. It's not your job to know why. We trust God with that. All we know is that he asks of us to preach the kingdom and heal the sick. So I'm going to keep doing it. Keep trying. Keep praying. Keep giving it all to Jesus. John Wimber, who founded the Vineyard Movement, the Vineyard Church Network, um, amazing stories of, of healing and a healing ministry. Um, and he would travel around the place, uh, leading meetings similar to this, and they would pray for people to be healed, and they would see amazing things. But he said at the very beginning, it was a bit like preaching the gospel. And when we didn't preach the gospel, nobody got saved. Nobody heard about Jesus. Nobody gave their lives to Jesus. And similarly, when we didn't pray for people to be healed, nobody got healed. But when we started preaching the gospel, some people gave their lives to Jesus. And when we started praying for the sick, some people got healed. It's like that famous line about prayer that says, look, um, when I don't pray, coincidences don't happen. When I pray, coincidences do happen. I believe that God is alive and he's healing today. Does, does God heal today? Yes, he does. And when we see healing, it's an amazing moment. It's an amazing moment and it's this foretaste 
of what's coming. You see, when Jesus returns, and he is returning, when he returns, there will be no more sickness. There will be no more suffering. Every tear will be wiped from every eye, and there will be no need for healing ever because everyone will be healed. But until that day comes, we only see a foretaste. We're in the in-between time. I've heard it said we're in the overlap. You see, when Jesus died and defeated sin and then defeated death and rose again and went back to his father in his own time because he's the king, not anything else. When that happened, it was a bit like D-Day. It was a bit like the Normandy landings. That was the decisive moment when the Nazi regime was kicked in the butt. But there was still the cleanup operation that swept across Europe. There was still the gap between D-Day and victory in Europe Day. We're living in that time between the promise given and the promise fulfilled. In the in-between. And sometimes in that time, we get this foretaste. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, verse 23, he said, We're groaning inwardly as we await the redemption of our bodies. Here's a man who's encountered Jesus in a powerful way. Here's a man who's, who's told countless many people about God, and, and he's given his life to Jesus in a powerful way. And even he's saying, we're still groaning inwardly for the redemption of our bodies. That's because he knows he's got this eternal perspective that that at the moment all of this stuff is great, but it's just a foretaste. It's just a foretaste. The job will be fully completed. Uh, The redemption of all things will take place when Jesus returns. And at the moment, we're in the in-between. And our job is to preach the kingdom and heal the sick. There's a present kingdom, and we get to see it when people are healed. I believe that medical science is an example of that. The things that we can do in medicine are incredible. Loads of people in this church are in some way involved in the medical field or are studying that way. And I believe, I truly believe, that the healing that those people get to see in hospitals is a result of God's love, God's power, God's healing power given to his people. We're about to watch another story of Quincy tell his healing story. As a child, I played basketball, and I think that's where the problem with my knee started. And it became worse after joining the Marines. The tendons were were, were ripped, the ligaments were ripped. And as a result, my kneecap was sort of free-floating in my leg, as it were. I couldn't walk for a long period of time, I couldn't sit for a long period of time and himself running was completely out of the question. I got a U-turn when I came to Alpha. I was, I was invited, reluctantly accepted, I must highlight. You know, very cynical about the entire thing. And then a chap said he had a word of knowledge about this young man who has a sleep problem. And he's been ongoing for a long time, he needs to get it sorted, and he, if he wants prayer, he can raise his hand. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is me. Who's, who told him about it? Who told him about my knee? And I cautiously raised my hand to my hair, just, just the height. And two, two guys came over and said, do you want to go on prayer? I said, yes. And I said, I'm, I'm the knee guy. Yeah, you can say you can pray. I really appreciate that. And they started praying for me and placed his hand on my knee. And just for 30 seconds, 45 seconds into prayer, there was this warmth in my knee. And then there was a tingling which is particularly, so I started laughing. And at, at the end of the prayer, there was a slight difference. I could, I could sense there was a change. 
But I wanted to make, make sure that actually it is good to go. So I said, I'm step back, I need to test this. I absolutely just, just landed on my knees very heavily, yeah. boom, on the, on the ground, and it was no pain. I just couldn't believe it that after such a long period where I've been to top doctors, top physiotherapists in the armed forces trying to get this sorted, you know, and within three to five minutes, it's all gone. So the next day I went for a six mile run and in the end I felt absolutely fine. God is healing today. And when he doesn't heal, it's difficult and it's hard. But I encourage you, if you're in a time of tension, crying out to God, God, I'm looking for healing for myself or my friend or my family member and I've not seen it yet. God, are you even in this situation? Are you overlooking me? What's going on? Sometimes when God moves and God works, in fact, often, in fact, I would say even always when God moves, he moves way beyond our, our recognition. Sometimes we don't even see uh, the ripples that go out from what God is doing in our lives. When I was healed, uh, when, the, when the car accident happened uh, and my intestines were healed, um, my eye was healed as well. I had no lasting damage. Um, I had no lasting damage from anything. My, my head injury uh, calmed down. Um, my short-term memory came back. Everything was fine. It was an incredible miracle. But what was even more incredible was I started to hear about the little miracles that were happening around the whole situation. Stories that I didn't even realize happened until months and months after the event. You see, my friend uh, Jerry, he needed to get hold of family members to let them know that this was happening because they couldn't get hold of family members through me because I, I, was, I was incapable of telling them people's phone numbers or whatever. And, and Jerry found out because he was expecting to see me and didn't and then looked on the news and all this kind of stuff, and it was absolutely wild. But in order to give out the family details, he had to somehow get into my Facebook and contact people. So he guessed my password. And trust me, I'm not going to tell you my password, but it's not easily guessable. The mirror, and I didn't know that until months later. But the miracles sometimes that God works in our lives go way beyond what we're seeing. So I encourage you, if you're in a time of not seeing God immediately in front of you, let me tell you, he's doing something, and it's for your good, and it's the perfect way it could happen. God loves us, and he is healing today. So if our job is to preach the kingdom and to heal the sick, well, how on earth do we pray for people to be healed? We're going to have a go at this, as I said. Together, we're going to have a go at this. But I just wanted to give a couple of pointers before we do that. Well, firstly, we do it with love, compassion, kindness. We don't hit people. We don't embarrass people. We don't humiliate people. We don't do anything that makes them feel uncomfortable or awkward or weird. I like to think I'm the antithesis of weird. I avoid it passionately in every corner of my life. Weird is not my friend. I passionately believe in the phrase that uh, it's only weird if you make it weird, so don't make it weird, and I won't make it weird. That's my promise, and I promise you that when we pray. Don't make it weird, I won't make it weird. Sometimes, and we heard in that story, sometimes um, it happens through words of knowledge. And that's a gift from God. We believe that um, God speaks to us by his Holy Spirit. And sometimes he highlights to us what's going on in people's lives. Not in an, an obtrusive uh, GDPR kind of risk way, uh, but more in the kind of way that helps us love somebody a bit better. 
So, uh, for instance, a few weeks ago, my friend Ewan, who was helping us lead worship tonight, um, he had this sense that somebody, um, maybe they've got, they've got something wrong with their shoulder. Because he started to feel a kind of sympathy pain that wasn't there before, and he thought, that's not me. Maybe somebody in the congregation has got something wrong with their shoulder. Maybe it's a word of knowledge from God. And right enough, two people put their hands up, and two people got prayer. And as far as I remember, those two people received healing from God. So sometimes when we pray for people, God gives us a word of knowledge. So you ask God, give me a word of knowledge. And we'll explore that also in a moment. Another time a word of knowledge was really helpful was me, and you might remember him, James Green. Uh, we were invited to go speak in an event somewhere, and uh, we led a time of prayer ministry, uh, which is where you pray for people at the end uh, because we believe that God is alive and doing stuff today. So we were praying for people. And he suddenly got this pain in his ankles that wasn't there before, and he thought, I think somebody's got a problem with both their ankles. And right enough, a lad came forward and he said, I came off my skateboard uh, years ago, broke both my ankles, and they've healed, but they've not quite healed, and it hurts, and I can't walk in them for that long. So we prayed for him. Similarly, I had a word. It was, I got a name of somebody, and I, I got, with that name, I got all this, um, I just got a sense of God was saying this, these things to this person, and I said their name, Olivia, and, and I said all this stuff, and I said, I don't know who that is, but I just believe God is saying this. And right enough, at the end of the talk, this tiny little girl uh, came forward, uh, crying her eyes out. So obviously you start to panic and think, oh no, this has gone horrifically wrong. I've offended her, or what, how on earth do I repair this? She's crying and sobbing. I'm like, okay, so what do you need? What can I do? And she's crying and manages to catch her breath and just says, you, God spoke to me through you. I'm Olivia. God gives us words and knowledge, and it's powerful. Sometimes you have to pray more than once. Jesus himself had to pray more than once in Mark chapter 8. Um, there's this moment where a blind man uh, is blind and would like some healing from Jesus, and Jesus prays for him, and, and he lays hands on his eyes, and he says, be healed, and, and then he says, what can you see? And the man says, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Not quite finished then. So once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Sometimes you have to pray more than once. Sometimes you have to be persistent. And again, we're going to explore what that looks like in a moment because we're going to pray for some people, we're going to see what God has done, and then we're going to keep praying, and we're going to keep praying, and maybe we'll pray a few times, and we're just going to delight in what God's going to do in us this evening. And just as we're about to come into that, my encouragement to you, and what I want to say to you is, and I, what, I, what I hope you leave with tonight, is that God is using us. All of the time, God is using us. God heals today, and he's using us, and he wants to use you. So leave this place, preaching the kingdom, healing the sick, binding up the brokenhearted, raising the dead doing greater things than Jesus ever did in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's my hope for us this evening. But right now, why don't we invite God to do something amazing amongst us? So, so why don't we stand? And the way that this is going to work is, um, as I said, words and knowledge are a really helpful way that we pray for people. And over the week, I've been praying for us. 
and uh, asking God what's going on and, and, and if there's anything that, that could be highlighted. And, and a couple of friends have also been praying for that. And we're just going to throw those things out there and we're going to see who needs prayer for what. And then we're going to pray for them and then we're going to see what God does. Okay? Is that okay? 